Good morning! You know it's a good morning when you're driving behind a car and you can smell weed. So, yes, this is the Big Pleasure Podcast. Currently driving through town, my lovely town it is, and I can smell all the odd fragrance. This is currently 9.05 p.m. Uh, a.m. Idiot, a.m. And I am off to do a little bit of shopping down at World's End Motorcycles. We Moto, World's End. Um, it's where I get a lot of my, not sponsored, a lot of my bits from for classic bikes and Japanese bikes. There's also other places like Fowler's and etc, etc, etc. But Fowler's is rather far and they charge delivery. Whereas am I? I'm just on the way down to Brighton? Worthing, Worthing. Shoreham Industrial Estate, isn't it? Something like that. It's around there. Not a bad little run because if I fancy I can stop in for a coffee on the way back at uh, Fuel Motor Caf if I want, but I probably won't because I have not been back long from Scotland. Um, no, it was actually last week I came back from Scotland. A week ago Monday, but the VFR has not been touched since because it had a little breakdown on the motorway and it needs some TLC, needs a new rear tyre because uh, it is worn out. And needs a new tyre and a little bit of a repair here and there, but I've already fixed it. Yeah, breaking down the motorway is not fun. Oh, I just nodded at a biker and he... Uh, I know he saw me. He didn't nod back. Currently riding the Honda CT at the moment. Um, because it's very cheap to do so. Now, I could ride one of the other bikes, but... We're going quite a distance and I like to have the rear rack to put some bits on. I want to get some oil and service bits for the CT, uh, for the, uh, well actually I want to buy one uh, set of shoes uh, for the CT maybe, and which is the brakes, just so I have them ready, because I've got a few trips planned on the CT coming up soon, um, and so yeah I'm saving up for them, so I'm not doing a lot, so to for what I'm buying, because we both charge postage, it's cheaper for me to go down there on the CT and pick them up. Um, because of petrol, even even with the price of petrol being what it is, it is cheaper to do it that way. Uh, but it does not matter because it's a nice little ride and gives me an excuse to get out and go for a ride. I'm very busy actually with uh, editing all these videos in Scotland and stuff, so hopefully you're seeing a few of them by now. Uh, or seen all of them by now, I don't know where I'm up to. Um, yes, so I'm currently heading down to World's End Moto to get some bits for the VFR and CT. Um, but yes, what happened? What happened to the VFR? Well, I did mention it in a 
I didn't really mention it in the video series, or I'm not going to really mention it, I was going to say, the VFR broke down, because at the time I wasn't really sure. Um, wasn't really sure why it broke down. I just know that it did break down. Um, but it turns out it's a loose connection. Basically, I installed a switch to do something, and that switch turned out to be a piece of crap. Um, it was from my spares drawer, um, and yeah, the switch failed. The actual switch broke. Um, and it had done about, I think, two and a half thousand miles with that switch. So for it to go then, whatever, I'm installing a, a higher quality switch, or have installed, I've, I've almost installed a higher quality switch, as in it's wired in, and I've worked out a mounting procedure for it. I just wasn't super happy with the mounting procedure. So what I need to do is wait until I get some more black printer ink for my 3D printer. <sighs> and then I can, what can I do? Yeah, then I can reprint it in black to make it look good. I've got it printed in white at the moment. But I'll probably show about that in a separate video later on as well. But yes, breaking down on the motorway is not very fun. And that's today's subject of the podcast, is breaking down on the motorway. What are you doing? This is a French driver, isn't it? French driver did a silly uh, manoeuvre, doesn't matter though. Right, off down, we moto, let's grab some oil and stuff. But yes, when I broke, breaking down the motorway is never fun. And it's happened to me, personally, twice. Yes. Once with the Kawasaki and once with my Honda now. Um, not a lot you can do. Because um, you can't repair your vehicle on the motorway. It's actually illegal. Um, and it's really unsafe. So what I'll do is I'll... The first time it happened to me... I'm trying to think how many years ago that was now, 2012? 2012 or 2013? I think it was 2012. It was 2012, no, or 2013, one of them two years. Um, I had bought this car, Zaki, um, not long before. And I think I bought the Zaki at the beginning of the year, and it was a bit knackered. Uh, not majorly knackered, just a little bit. So I put new tyres on, uh, so yeah, full service, new tyres, yada yada yada. That bike stood and owed me one three. Um, one three um, total. And I used it for many, many years, put about 15k on it before selling it. Probably run on forever to be honest, but yeah, I just didn't, um, yeah, I got rid of it in the end. But the uh, Kawasaki was going along the motorway, trundling along nicely, dicely, da 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 da, and um, now I had installed a uh, charger, like a, a cigarillo charger, um, a few days prior, and uh, uh, this is, I was going along the motorway, now this is, this is a bit annoying, okay, so the biking went for a service, and I put the bike in for a service with a, pretty much a full tank of fuel, yeah, like a, and it's a big tank on the GPZs, and they had some big range as well, okay. And, it, and this really annoyed me, this really annoyed me, and I, I should have, uh, at the time, I should have uh, kicked up a fuss. 
So basically, I picked the bike up from the de from uh, the garage. Now it's so long ago that the people who work there now at the garage definitely don't work there anymore. Um, but with COVID and everything happening, they got rid of a load of people. So, like, there's no way it was PH motorcycles, but there was no way uh, to know. Anyway, so basically, what happened is put the bike up and went out, uh, and I took it home. And then the next day, I was going to go see my cousin, uh, who lives about 100 or something miles away. And the GPZ, as far as I knew, had a full tank or near enough a full tank of petrol. And the GPZ has a very good range, uh, very healthy 200 mile range. So what happened is, I went on the motorway, and um, about 15 miles in, my bike cut out or you know started to struggle it was the uh you know the, the petrol cock thingy uh so i bent down and stuck it into reserve um but the problem is i was now in reserve but my bike was off so this is not really a big issue because i had the clutch in i was on um and i was like okay well i'm coasting so i should be able to just pop the clutch now and the bike will start up nothing you know, this is all happening in like seconds. It was like, oop, I felt it go, flick it over, uh, dump the clutch, and, you know, pull the clutch in, dump the clutch again to try and, you know, get a bit of speed up and, you know, whatever, try to get it to spring back to life. Nothing. So I thought, okay, that's weird. I pulled the clutch in and tried starting the bike with the uh, electronic starter button. Nothing. I was like, oh dear, something's gone very wrong here. So, of course, at the time when I broke down, the motorway was going under some major refurb. Major refurb. So what that meant was they were going through. They were going through a major refurb. So this this bit where I broke down um, didn't have a hard shoulder, uh, which is really dumb. So. Um, I didn't have a hard shoulder, so I just pulled the bike over as close to the curb as I could, and um, yeah, jumped off the bike and went up the embankment. I was like, well, I'm in trouble. Cars instantly started slowing down and stopping because I'm blocking the whole lane. Not a lot I can do. Traffic is slowing right down. Um, and I just sit there and, and then I go, you know what? Well, I'm in trouble. I better, I better call emergency services. Um, so I get my phone out. No signal. I was like, perfect. Um, can't remember which provider I was at the time, but you know, this is going back like ten years. So I'm trying to think what phone I had as well. Um, it might have been a Google G1 or something. I really can't remember. T-Mobile G1? Might have been. I checked my phone. No signal. Perfect. So I just sat there. I just literally had to sit there and wait. Um, another biker showed up. An old boy on a bike. He said, uh, if I sit behind you, do you want to start pushing? I said, oh yeah, I guess so. And we were about, I think, two, about a mile and a bit from the... We're about a mile and a bit. I think it was like two miles from the next like service station like the services on the motorway so I thought well okay it's pushing along um, luckily a uh, police was soon like 
I'd say within like 20 minutes police were with me because we're causing a massive tailback and um, they stayed with me flashing the lights behind pushing the bike um, the police officer um, offered to take over pushing after a while because after a mile or so I was exhausted because we were waiting for a recovery truck they said a recovery truck is going to be another you know could be X amount of time because you do get free recovery on the motorway to a, a service station um, while you're away at rescue so it's not so literally you can get free recovery usually to a service station and then from the service station you can make your um, call to where you go from there um, and if you're at the service station at least you've got toilets, food, water that sort of thing so it's not too bad um, to, to wait around at the service station it's not great it's not too bad. Anyway, so yes, um, I pushed the bike into the service station. Okay, into the service station, and then the recovery truck came in, and I just said, "Have you got a screw? I've got an idea what it could be. Have you got a screwdriver?" Now I took the seat off, and yes, I was correct. The vibrations of the motorway constant vibrations of the motorway for, a, for, a, for like half an hour or so, not that long and the bike and the fact that I had installed a new charger it had vibrated one of the terminals of the battery loose so it was tight enough to start the bike up essentially, well, originally and it's vibrated loose as I've been driving along the, uh, the road and of course when I went down to reserve no engine in the bike, no electricity in the alternator it, it cut out now not all bikes cut out when you take the battery off if it's got a computer and stuff it probably will but the older bikes you can run them without batteries um, once they've started the alternator takes over um, like a C90 and stuff like that, they don't have batteries the alternator has enough power to charge them same with the GPZ, oh am I doing this? am I speeding? no idea, naughty me there was a policeman not far back as well. Um, what was I saying? Yes. Uh, so that's what happened. Anyway, put the screwdriver in, tightened it up, the bike fired up pretty much immediately. Like, for goodness sake. Um, so, I anyway, I phoned my cousin and told him what happened. And he, the funny thing is, he had broke down as well. Uh, so yeah, we weren't actually going to be meeting up that day anyway. Um, But yeah, it was uh, an interesting uh, ow, an interesting time that was. I uh, laughed quite hard at that. Well, either, you know, just a simple thing as a battery terminal, terminal. But you can't fix it on the motorway. It is dangerous, especially when you have a hard shoulder. So the second time that I broke down on the motorway was with the VFR about ten years later, and a very simple issue as well. A loose connection, that's all it was. So, little loose connection, upset the whole... Loose connection, upset the whole bike, made it cut out and cut back in again a few times. Um, uh, well, it, 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 it basically was going along and suddenly it died, came back and died again, that was it. And that was the end of it. 
and I was like, okay, happened maybe a mile, maybe meters, maybe a hundred meters or so, before, before, after, it happened after the, um, oh no, skid risk, 20 miles. It happened after the, uh, oh, what you call it, the service station. So I missed the service station by about, I don't know, uh, like if it happened like a little bit before and died, I'd be right, I could have probably coasted it into the service station. But of course I was in the middle lane when all this happened. Um, and I lost power on the bike. So with no indicators, with no power, nothing, I had to uh, pull over to the thing. So I literally stuck my arm out. Well, I literally did a massive lifesaver, looked right behind me, I was like, good, no one's coming to undertake me, so that's good. And um, I just, you know, just I, I couldn't even give a signal because I was holding the clutch in to keep my speed up because I just the bike was dead in the water. Um, so yeah, I just I literally just coasted into the uh, the hard shoulder, and luckily I broke down this time before. So after the service stations, but before the hard shoulder disappeared for a bit, because it disappears for like a, 150 yards or something. Did you see like that? Wasn't it? It was like one of them sections. So it disappeared. The hard shoulder disappeared. Uh, and I, yeah, but yeah, I managed to get into the hard shoulder before it disappeared, and put it back on the side stand, hopped the barrier, got the phone out, had signal, called my breakdown recovery, and I told him exactly where I was, past literally 100 meters, 200, like half a mile past the service station annoyingly, M1 southbound. They sent, they annoyingly, then it goes, okay, we're sending a recovery team, the recovery team will be here at uh, X amount of time, 45 minutes past, uh, I get another message saying your recovery team is on the way uh, and it's a different company now they'll be within the next hour so I had to wait an hour and 45 roughly an hour and a half to an hour and 45 roughly to get recovered um, because I was so far away it was a relay jobby which wasn't too bad I had left home really early that morning uh, left home, left uh, my friend's house really early that morning and it was the last day as well, so it wasn't too bad that I actually broke down there and then sort of thing. I've, you know, like I say, if it was a, the first day of the trip, the last day of the trip wasn't too bad. The guy was laughing, I said, well, I'm on the plus side. If it rains, I'm inside, which it did rain a bit, I was inside. And uh, I saved myself about 20 quid in petrol. Um, and luckily, I had filled in the tank before, before was E5, because uh, the entire trip I've been running E10 on that VFR uh, but yeah I did put v uh, e I put E10 in the last couple of tanks so at the moment in the petrol tank right now it's probably like 90% of that is I'd say like yeah like 85% is E5 and the rest 15 is going to be E10 uh, which is fine because I'm going to try and get the bike out again very shortly uh, just to give it a little another, you know, 70 mile blip or something once I change the tyres over um, to make sure that, that my, my uh, upgrades work. I will take extra tools with me, of course, and lots of spare parts this time in case that I will add the, a couple of extra things in my toolbox. Uh, 
a little bit of wire maybe or something just in case something goes wrong maybe with a couple of spade connectors as well like already done up so in case something goes wrong I can uh, jam something somewhere to make the bike go again um, but yeah that was not the best uh, I've had breakdowns and that was uh, yeah not the best but not the worst so I wasn't really stressed I think you get stressed the first couple of times that you have a breakdown and after that it's all fine you're not indicating I oh, know you're indicating one of those things isn't it it breaks down and I think I think the more you break down well it just happens like I've broken down several times and uh, if I can't fix it by the side of the road then recovery or I try to fix it on the side of the road and then recovery so not super fast uh, it happens a lot I always pay for the breakdown recoveries I think I've, I think I've used up though two this year so I need to um, be careful now I've only got two left I've only got two breakdown recoveries left so once some more breakdown recoveries are used what I'll do is I sign up uh, to um, I'll sign up to like AA or something for a few months just to uh, once I've used up all my recoveries I just sign up to the AA for a few months until my insurance kicks back in again has it I've, and uh, when I was working full-time I had two sets of breakdown recoveries and uh, sometimes I broke down I'd literally call both of them and say right who's gonna win um, and then if I get it fixed I call them up and say yeah I'm done uh, longest I've had to wait for a breakdown recovery that's interesting um, I've had five hours I think it's the long one of the longest um, that I've had to wait for and I was really I, I was annoyed both times uh, yeah literally it was five hours both times uh, and I was really annoyed both times with them because um, one they said that it'd be within the hour whenever I called him they just said I'll be another hour um, and it ended up being five um, and I don't know if they don't give you the job until like X amount I don't understand so because they didn't you know give me what at this that or whatever it's like I could have made other arrangements I could have uh, pushed the bike home by now um, you know there's loads of things um, so that was really annoying that was and another time I had a breakdown and it was like five hours later nothing uh, I called them up saying yeah cancel the breakdown but yeah I've had some really bad breakdown uh, wait times which does happen it does suck because usually you're on your own you end up being quite low priority oh and I suppose we've still got to talk about my black book I guess that ends that the episode of the podcast and we'll now talk about the black book what's the uh, black book my uh, diary of hotel hotelies hotelier things things in the hotel and that is I've cleaned up worse I think we're talking about I think I was talking with some friends about a mess you have to clean up like 
cleaned up worse. Cleaned up worse. For instance, working in uh, parties and stuff, people have lots of alcohol, lots of food. And they tend to drink too much, they tend to eat too much. Oh, I've caught you up, have I, Mr. EV12? Right, yes, I've cleaned up worse. So yes, uh, people eat, people eat too much, they drink too much, they'd be sick. Sick is horrible. Um, have I cleaned up blood? Yes, I've cleaned up blood. Oh, that was uh, bone chilling, that was. Um, two things we don't like. We don't like drinks on the dance floor. We don't like bare feet on the dance floor. So, drinks on the dance floor. That wasn't a problem because the um, we you know we we clean up the broken glass, we clean up the things, we clean it all up. Um, we don't like drinks on the dance floor because if we spill a drink, we have to kind of clear the dance floor a bit, get off the dance floor. We need to clear it. There's broken glass. There's water. This is another accident waiting to happen. Anyway, someone was they were drinking in the corner, whatever, and. They obviously had glasses on the floor. This woman steps on a glass and she cut her foot badly and she ran to the reception. She wasn't drunk. She ran she was a bit you know, she had a couple but she wasn't drunk. She ran to the reception, said I need an ambulance or something. Um and they had to lie her down and elevate her leg, it was that bad. But when she was running through the hotel, she was leaving pools. She was leaving like a good... She lost She lost a lot of blood that night, she did. She lost, she lost a lot of blood. She lost a lot of blood, she did. Because um, she, she was leaving pools of... She was leaving like pools of blood every few steps. So it was like there's blood throughout the hotel. There's quite a distance between the, the function room and the, um, the reception area. Luckily, most of that isn't carpet. Um, so, um, yeah, it was literally like just pools of blood in the corridor. And I uh, was uh, walking through the area not long after it happened, on the way back or whatever. And uh, there was a member of staff there mopping it. And he was... <laughs> He, I saw him, he was like, please take, I can't do it anymore. I, you, this, this guy was about to pass out. Like, I don't think he was squeamish or didn't pass out by the sight of blood, but there was so much blood. Stupid car driver. Um, but yeah, there was so much blood. They all came out. Uh, that came out. He, he almost passed out. So it looks like I might hit a bit of rain on the way back. The clouds are coming awfully dark. But yes, um, it was a bit of a shock, I think, to him. Uh, but yeah, puke. It's pretty bad. I remember seeing someone who was 
Uh, so I think it was like chicken food, the main was, and this guy had had lots of, I'm going to say WKD blues. The reason why I know that is because his puke was chunky chicken that he hadn't chewed properly. And it was blue. And his hands were blue. His knees were blue. His shirt was blue because he had puked up all over himself as well. I don't know what he had been doing. I think he'd been having everything. So because of that, yeah. Um, it's quite funny because he was like completely munted and checked out. And uh, we followed the puke around to find out where he was. There were his mates were sitting amongst the outside of the wall. And he said, and he's and he's and he's like, right, what are we going to do here, lads? Um, he was like, oh, um, that he's proper gone. You're going to have to do something with him. So you're going to have to do something with him. And he's like, for goodness sake, clean him up. Oh, there's a nice uh, tiger there. Oh dear, that's looking very bad weather forecast. If we get a nice thunderstorm soon. I saw an advert for graves for sale. Um, but yes, um, it was a very nasty, uh, very nasty little, um, the two lads that were with him, his mate, they didn't think to clean him up. They said, oh, his dad's on the way to pick him up. It's like, I mean, you know, he's like 20 or something, like 19 or 20, uh, young, young kid. And it's like, goodness sake, at least clean him up. Take him to the bathroom and just wash him, wash his face and his hands and just clean him up. Because he's gonna, you can't stick him in his dad's car like that. It's just a, that's a state that is. Yeah, like I say, I probably cleaned up worse. Oh yeah, that time, oh no, that, uh, yeah. Oh. Some women functions as well with their certain time of the month. Yes, that's happened. And like they've lost control because of being a bit drunk. And uh, it, yeah, it's like, hmm, that was quite nasty as well. Threw that chair out. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to the Big Pezzer podcast on that disgusting bombshell. I guess I'll end it. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.